Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. I am Kai Graham and welcome to my podcast, Parent Toolbox, which is specifically designed to equip parents with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Hey there, and welcome to another edition of the Parent Toolbox podcast. I am so glad you're here. Today, we're going to be talking about how to communicate with an uncommunicative teen. Because as the goalposts change, it can be quite hard to, well, connect or reconnect with your child. What happens is... Sometimes parents will say to me that their darling child skips up the stairs one day and comes downstairs the next day, a stroppy teenager. And it, we need to hit the ground running. We need to learn how to communicate with our kids. And, and what was then a happy child that used to skip and sort of onto your knee and tell you all about their day, now you are greeted with, well, either I hate you, you just don't get me, or silence, or eye rolls, or, you know, sort of teenagers just really not wanting to communicate with their, sort of, you know, heaven forbid, with their parents. But as parents, we need to adjust. We need to keep those lines of communication open. It's vital. And the rules have changed, and there are different ways of doing it. First of all, I do want to tell you, this isn't your fault when suddenly your sort of child shuts down and refuses to talk to you. This is mother nature at her best. She is preparing your child for independence. We discussed this in um, the previous episode. But mother nature is preparing your child for independence. And this is what happens. Your child is learning to operate under their own steam. They are learning to trust their own instincts. They are learning to see what's going on in their own head. They are learning to sort of work out their own opinions, their own viewpoints and where they stand in the world. Now, this doesn't happen automatically. It is a, a sort of a trip and fall, learn by the trip and fall method. So it is going to get messy for your teens and hence it's going to get messy for you. So it's it's quite hard sort of readjusting the sails sometimes because teens can get quite sort of antsy and, and this is where the attitude comes from because it's their frustration as they are trying to learn about who they are, what they stand for and, um, you know, sort of does their voice sound right? Whatever they're sort of saying to themselves, does that fit with the person that they want to become? But it's important for us to allow this change to happen, especially in the home. And, you know, so some people, some parents will say, yeah, well, you know, it's just a phase. Well, I'm just going to leave them to it. They'll work it out on their own. And yeah, they will. They, you know, that's fine. But do you not want to be part of the ride? Do you not want to be part of your child's life? 
to spend, and, and, and that sounds very sort of dramatic. Oh, we're not going to be totally ostracized, Kai. But being part of the journey is, is, is half the fun. To spend that quality time together, to work out and have meaningful conversations, to learn what makes your child tick and to better understand them. Because when we better understand them, um, we can sort of start avoiding problems. If we don't communicate, it leads to confusion, misunderstanding, disconnection. And we just start drifting apart. Surely that can't be right. So I have a few guidelines for you. And um, at the end of the podcast, I've got a cracking um, exercise that I'd like you to try because it's golden. But first of all, how do we build the sort of conversation back up again if suddenly it's turned into attitude and or silence? Well, the trick is, is to build rapport. And how you operated with your little one or with your sort of pre-teen is very different to how you're going to operate with, you know, now that you've got a teenager in the house. But do bear in mind that, you know, even sort of in the big wide world, we make judgments mainly based on tone of voice. 93% of this is tone of voice and, and, and body language and sort of physical appearance. And only 7% really is the words that we use. So we can be quite savvy in watching what our teens are doing, building a connection with them without actually uttering terribly much, without sort of saying anything. And so by building rapport, I mean building a connection getting on the same wavelength as your child. Because as I've said so many times, and if you follow me, you'll know, is that we all want to feel as individuals loved, understood, and respected. And when we start feeling that, that is building rapport. That is sort of getting on the same wavelength as as your teenager. So it's a matter of listening um, and sort of judging, sort of things like sussing out their tone of voice. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, do they sound weary? Do they sound angry? You know, it's just sort of, oh, I can't do this, or I can't do this. Or, you know, it's, 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 are they resigned or are they looking for help? Or what's the, what's the tone of their conversation? Are they feeling confrontational? Are they feeling um, sort of, you know, a bit weary? Um, are, are, or, or are they sort of all right and, and sort of, you know, I, I can't do this, but they are able to soldier on and do it themselves. So it's a matter of just sort of listening to the vibes that are coming from their conversation, sensing their energy. You know your child. You've been their parent long enough. And go with your gut. Know what you sense. And don't be put off, you know. Just sense what's going on and and trust your instincts. But in the meantime, maybe watch their body language. Are they sort of aggressive or are they confrontational or are they sort of withdrawing and and being defensive? Because all of these are pointers to how they're feeling. And by building rapport, you know, it's a great way of, as I said, getting on their wavelength. But start opening up conversations about stuff that might interest them or even sending them sort of 
interesting articles or funny memes along the things that, you know, many parents, and I do it myself, is just, you know, to just reconnect with my kids is send them something lighthearted, a gif or something, so that that they just know that you're not always on their back. You're not always judging them. You're actually sort of accepting them as, you know, who they are as sort of, you know, young adults. And you just want to have lighthearted communication going on. I do say, secondly, is shut up and listen. It really is simple as that. Children need, you know, sort of seldom need a good talking to. They need a good listening to. And just even if you're sort of driving them in the car and they're with their mates, just listen to what they're talking about. Listen to the sort of, you know, the the, the words that they're using. Listen to their language. Listen to what's going on in their world. Now, where possible, make time to talk. And I don't mean sort of that needy, oh, right, we need to talk, something's wrong, or come here, young man, I need to talk to you. It's just sort of talking about what's going on in the world at the minute. I mean, you know, at the time of recording this, we're, we're still in lockdown. So there's many an opportunity. There's so much going on in the press that sort of, you know, any sort of self-assured teenager will have very firm opinions on the climate, how the country is being led, because they care. They really care about their future. And it's up to us to sort of listen to that and take, it's our responsibility to hear them out. It's not about you. This is the whole point. And I say quite a lot that we, we go, when we're sort of um, raising teenagers, we go from being a manager to being a mentor. And it is up to us to learn about our team, for want of a better phrase, because that's that's what our family is. It's our team. So it's listening to what's going on. We don't always have to provide an answer. That's the bonus. We don't always have to, you know, sort of tell them, you know, the solution to the problem. Sometimes they just need heard, loved, understood, and respected. Remember that, because when they feel heard, they feel valued. They feel understood. They feel as though their opinion matters. So we don't have to provide an answer. A word to the wise? Maybe. When you hear stuff that mm, makes your toes curl and you didn't really want to hear or you don't agree with, don't overreact. Because as, as soon as your child hears that, it's going to, oh, well, I'm not going to, there's no point. I'm just going to be judged by mum or dad or whoever. There's no point. So listen to what they have to say and maybe withhold judgment and, and to try not to overreact. Oh, well, you can't possibly say that. That would be dangerous. Or you can't believe that that's true. Why would you say that? Because they're just trying, trying it on for size. This is what we need to remember. And, and they're sort of maybe kicking tires and maybe trying to provoke a reaction or trying to sort of see, you know, wonder if I can get away with that. So, it's, it's okay just to listen and maybe not have to um, create a solution or, um, you know, impose your own opinions on them. Silence isn't awkward. It's all right. So sometimes you can just sort of sit and chill and spend time together without having to fill the spaces. And actually sometimes when you create the space, your child's going to fill it with conversation themselves. So building listening skills 
How do I do that, Kai? Well, actions speak louder than words. So it's it's a matter of just maybe offering, as I said, give them the space, offering them an opportunity that to show them that you're available for them. Keep your phone, you know, at a distance. If if they even you know, even if they sort of come and sit down, maybe um just pop your phone down and just sort of not peer at them and you know, sort of like it's the Spanish Inquisition, but just sort of show them that you're available for them. Ask open questions. You know, what was your opinion on that? Or, you know, have you thought about this? Or how do you feel about that? You know, to begin with, I know you'll get shrugged shoulders and mood, you know. But, you know, you might be watching something on telly. And it might be, I don't know, soap opera or something. And it's a, and, and they are very good soap operas. It's sort of bringing um, tricky situations to the fore. And so it's a great excuse to sort of start talking about that. And have you ever experienced that? Or do any of your friends sort of, you know, or, or things like, um, you know, sort of lingo and, and teen speak, just to say, listen, I know I'm being really thick, but what does that mean? What does that word mean? And okay, it could be embarrassing, but hey, does it really matter? Our children are growing up, they're young adults. And in my opinion, I don't think there should be um, any areas that that are off limits uh, to talk about. So the more you talk, the more you'll learn, and the more they'll learn that you're available for them. As I said, avoid judgment. Because, come on, do you remember what it was like being a teenager? dropping so many clangers. But actually, if they know they're in a safe environment at home, if they know that they're in a sort you know, that the, that you are there to support them, then actually they can test the water. Actually, they can t- kick the tires and sort of go, oh, right, okay, yeah, that didn't sound how it was meant to sound. And, and home is where they can learn all that. Show them that you understand. Show them that you get that it's tricky that you understand that, oh, God, yeah, that sucks. Or, yeah, I can, I can understand those struggles because it is hard. They are growing up in a very different world. And maybe you don't understand. And if you don't understand, ask and say, I don't really get what this is about. Can you explain it to me? Or can you explain to me why you feel that way or where you reach that opinion? Because I thought it was this way. Or reflect, reflect on what they're sort of saying. Oh, I hear, I hear you're angry about that. Yeah, I can understand that. Because again, loved, understood and respected. And when we reflect to them what they are saying, they feel understood. We also need to mind our language. I think we learn more from our children by asking questions than actually talking to them. But minding our language is a big one, even though I do. I, I said earlier that it's the words that we use are only 7%. It's a mighty 7%. So avoiding universals is really important. Oh, you always do that. Why do you always come down? Why do you, you know, people never do this. And, and it's just, it negates everything else and it basically pigeonholes and it's a fairly broad brush statement and universals of people never and you should always and, and you know, it's just, it's not opening 
the platform up for change or for difference. Avoid negative demands as well. For a start, the unconscious mind can't process negatives. So, you know, especially if you sort of think about it, it's it's when you sort of say to children, don't run, they don't automatically stop, do they? Because all they can hear is run, 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 because the unconscious mind does not process negatives. If I say to you, don't think of a pink elephant, what do you do? Well, you have to think of a pink elephant so as not to do it. So therefore, you know, sort of uh, avoid the negative demands, you know, and, and it's, it's, well, it's really all about positive reinforcement. That's what it's about. We all like praise. We all like validation. We all like to feel as though we're doing well. As I said in my um, 10 golden rules, you know, there is a positive intention behind every behavior and we need to look for that. And it's, you know, sort of, oh, I I so appreciated that you were trying to sort of, you know, make your own, you know, you were trying to make your own lunch today. Well done. Maybe keep the tea towel off the gas hob next time because we don't really want a fire. But it's, it's sort of, it's trying to look for the positives because kids are struggling internally a lot, whether or not they show it, whether or not it's, you know, sort of really high level or whether or not it's, you know, very serious. It, 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 they are struggling. And so they are automatically, as does everyone's human brain, focuses on negatives. So it's our job really to guide them and give the positives. What I do suggest is avoiding comparisons. I say comparison is the thief of joy. But it's sort of things like, why can't you be more like your sister? Oh, thanks for that. Or, you know, well, it, 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 you, the last time you did that, you, you were so rubbish at it. So just let me take over. Or, you know, it's just, it, it's, you're just the same as your father. I mean, this is this is a hard one, especially, especially if you are estranged from um, your child's other half, because sometimes you might see part of them in your child and it's oh really no that that really is a horrid reminder but your child is an individual your child is finding their own way in the world and whether or not they resemble your ex well that's really not their fault is it so avoid comparisons and avoid labels and oh here's my quiet one or here's my sporty one or whatever it it doesn't work and it's unkind also State your expectations. Tell them what you are looking for. Tell them the rules and the boundaries and, you know, sort of what what that maybe the house rules are, you know, and it could be, you know, when they're little, no, we don't eat off our knife. Um, you know, just because you might slice your tongue off or whatever. But, you know, it's it's sort of, well, I, we don't use that language in this house. Or, and that's, and if you do, try and set a, a better example, perhaps. Um, but it, it's, it's setting your expectations so specifically also, so that there is no wiggle room. Sometimes, you know, teenagers are brilliant at um, finding loopholes and sort of gaps in your arguments. So, Things like, um, well, I want you sort of, you know, if, I don't know, if a child's sort of going out and it's, uh, well, I want you back early. Well, actually, what does early mean? Because early for you might be very different for early for them. And if you're talking about a curfew, 
um, you know, coming back from a party, you're hoping at 11.30 and they're sort of thinking, oh, well, two o'clock in the morning is quite early. Or, you know, coming back from a sleepover. I, I, come back sometime, you know, come back in the morning, please. Don't stay all day with your mates. And they might be back at sort of quarter to 12. And you're going, no, 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 I needed you back at nine. You never said it's still the morning. So you need to be very, very specific in, in um, you know, sort of in, in what your expectations are. Because if you're not, then it leads to misinterpretation. Pay attention also to making threats. And I, I don't mean sort of, you know, physical ones. I just mean, well, if, if you do that, I'm grounding you for a month. Or, you know, what we have to do is we have to be aware that we need to pick our battles. We need to know what's going on. Um, that Because our, t- our teenagers will push our boundaries. They will break the rules. And we need to know that um, we can follow through with the threats that we are making. So if you sort of, you know, one sort of mum sort of said to me, oh, well, I, I, I was so cross with my daughter. I just said, well, that's it. Easter's cancelled. And her daughter looked at her and went, yeah, really? And that's sort of really, in fairness, undermines your own authority. Don't problem solve too early either. Um, Our children need to learn. Our children need to learn by their mistakes. I've spoken about this a lot, but it's important. So the best way, and I think it's page 104 in my book, um, The Teen Toolbox, available on Amazon, um, it sort of basically says that it's better to talk to what's, you know, maybe your child has had an issue or maybe they've got a problem or maybe they did something wrong and made a mistake. Rather than problem solving through, well, what you should have done was this and it would have been all right. They're not going to learn that way. So keep the communication going and sort of say, yeah, okay, you've done differently you know next time because this is going to happen again like what, what, what would you do differently next time and so rather than you know that they'll they'll be looking at this to sort of go oh well okay well at least mum or dad isn't sort of coming down on me like a ton of bricks at least they're giving me the space and that gives them the confidence and the courage to keep learning and to keep maybe well I don't say don't say risky behavior but sort of trying new things and sort of working out where they fit in. Because for us parents, it's all about mentoring now and and not managing. um, And we need to guide our children. And the best way of doing all this is keeping those lines of communication open by building rapport, by listening to what they've got to say, and by using the language that is a positive reinforcement for what they're doing rather than coming down on them hard. And that way, it can lead you to better conversations. It can lead you to better connection. And dare I say it, sort of, you know, building a much stronger relationship. Well, Kai, how can I do that? With my child sitting in their room all day and they won't even speak to me. Right, okay, I've got this exercise for you. It's basically three questions. It's simple. It's very simple and it's fast. And I want you to share this with your child so they know the guidelines, so they know the rules, so they know how this exercise works. Because if they don't, they're not going to buy into it. But when they hear about it, yeah, that they'll be on board. 
So the first question to ask your uncommunicative team is, what's your number? And by that, you are wanting to hear from them on a sliding scale between one and ten, how they're feeling, how they're feeling right now. This is great for um, working out for you as a parent to working work out how your child is coping as well, because we do worry a lot that, um, you know, they're not saying anything. Are they OK? Are they, you know, struggling? They won't tell me. I don't know what's going on in their head. But without being that needy, please tell me I really want to know. I can tell something's not right. You know, this is a way of giving you a benchmark. This exercise is a way of giving you a benchmark of knowing how your child is coping and getting on at the time. And it's blimmin', it's it's gold. So the first question is, between the scale of one to 10, what is your number? One being really bleak, really dark, possible suicidal thoughts. 10 being fine and dandy, thank you, absolutely on the crest of a wave, you really do not need to worry about me today. Now, the thing is, they could be fours a lot of the time. And, you know, you might think, oh, my gosh, four is really, really bad. But the more you use this exercise, the more you'll go, OK, no, four is fairly normal. Four is pretty good. Or seven could be their normal. You know, you just don't know. Um, I advise using this exercise only once a day because if you're coming up to them every hour, what's your number? What's your number? What's your number? It loses, you know, all, all impact. And what I also suggest is remembering that if you are using this on different children, one child's four could be another child's seven. So do not compare. Why are you a seven and so and so is a four? Oh my goodness, what are we doing wrong as a parent and all this sort of stuff? So it's it's a it's a matter of just just going with the flow here. You've got the number and that's fine. The second question is what is your word? And what you are looking for here is a describing word of how they are feeling right now, how their day's been or how they're feeling. And it could be angry, it could be despondent, it could be jealous, it could be betrayed, it could be um, pessimistic, it could be, you know, any, well, any amount of things. It could also be hopeful, optimistic, happy, excited, you know, we, we need the positives as well as the negatives. But the bonus about this is, is it helps your child to start developing their emotional vocabulary. So, you know, they, they, they'll start off probably because anger is the the, the, the biggest primary negative emotion and it's the one that everyone can relate to so you know you might hear angry quite a lot and the thing is 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 we need to push a tiny bit further and go oh well, hang on is that the same angry as yesterday oh no 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 this is really different you know they could be hangry hungry and angry at the same time or they could be they could be feeling betrayed they could be feeling let down they could be frustrated because they can't get to the the right level on their xbox so it's just a sort of, it's a describing word so it, you know if they do use the same word a number of times is is that the same as on tuesday no 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 this is different and even by opening up the conversation, you can just, you know, once they give you a different word, you don't have to jump down their throats. You can back off and go, oh, okay, all right, okay. Okay, so I get that now, right, thanks. Um, because it's what you don't want to do is try and push them into a conversation. But it's great. It is a great way for them beginning to start to, to start being able to think, even just on their own, to think about what they're feeling and to identify um, different emotions because we're not very good at this and we are not taught this at school. So if you can do this, it's a bonus. 
Now, what I do say is don't accept fine or crap because or meh, because that really is not very descriptive, is it? And, you know, fine is, is not really is not going to get you any closer to realizing how your child is feeling. So it's a bit like no guy. Come on, cut me some slack here. I, I need more than that. But they know the rules, so they will start buying into this. And then the third question, and this is the deal breaker to all those adults out there. This is the one you need to abide by. The question is, do you want to talk? And you might, well, 95% of the time you'll get, no, thanks. No, you're all right. No, 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 I'm fine. No, no. And it might be because they're fine and they can't be bothered to talk to you, or it might be because they're not ready to talk. Or it might be because they're trying to process process something in their heads. And you and when you, they say no, you go, okay, well, I'm here when you need me. And this starts building up a pattern that your child realizes, hang on a minute, that mum, dad, or whoever is available. Okay, when I'm ready. And that's the thing. When your child is ready to talk, because we need to give them the control. Because as I said earlier, they are independent or they are becoming independent. So they don't want a Spanish Inquisition from you. They don't want to feel railroaded into having to, you know, sort of share their innermost thoughts at the minute. They need to process it. But when they say, yeah, I, I, I think I'm ready or yeah, I think we should talk or they might just come up to you. Can I can I have a chat? Do not jump on their, jump on them immediately. Go, oh yeah, I knew there was something wrong. Now sit down and talk to me. You go, oh sure, yeah. Now you might have to sort of say, listen, can we have five minutes? I've just got to finish this um, because I want to give you my undivided attention. Or you could say, yeah, of course I'm ready to talk. Um, is now a good time for you? Or do you want to sort of plan another time? Or it could be, sure, listen, do you want to sit down or do you want to go for a drive or do you want to go for a walk? Because invariably, Kids, especially teenagers, aren't terribly good at eye contact. So a drive or a walking the dog or even baking a cake or doing the family dinner or whatever it is, is a great way of communicating without seeing the sort of, you know, the neediness in your eyes, heaven forbid. Um, but it also stops them, you know, it, it also stops them feeling as though they're going through the Spanish Inquisition. But the point is, is that when your child wants to talk, you down tools and it is 100% of your attention. Because that is vital. And the whole thing about this exercise is, what's your number? What's your word? Do you want to talk? Is it shows your child that you're not on their back, that you actually have their back. And that is when the magic happens. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. 
I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.